today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. With all the hubbub and all the uh, concern and all the drama that was going on here at the local level, and we talked about a number of close races. This is before the polls closed last night. Uh, when the dust settled, of course, late last night, or in some cases early this morning, uh, all the incumbents got returned. Uh, the, of course, the only change was Matthew Green and Hamilton Center, but that was an empty seat anyway. Uh, and included in that, of course, is uh, in Ham- Hamilton West, Ancaster, and Dundas, uh, Philomena Tassi, former cabinet minister, was returned, and she talked with CHMO's Laura Hampshire. I think that Canadians, um, at least constituents in this riding, um, that they uh, that they appreciate what has been accomplished and they know that there's more work to do and they support the Liberal values as we move ahead. Uh, not sure exactly what's going to happen. Obviously, she's back in, in the caucus, but uh, obviously a new government, uh, new people, uh, and we'll f- make some determination. Obviously, the, the, the Trudeau team will make some determination about who is going to be in cabinet uh, with that. And Because and, that's obviously Karina Gold and Burlington, same situation, it was in that cabinet. Uh, in the last uh, government. We'll see what happens with some of the changes. Also returned uh, in what was supposed to be a pretty tight race. It turned out not to be, really, uh, out in uh, Hamilton East Stony Creek. Uh, Member of Parliament Bob Bertina was returned with a comfortable margin, and uh, he joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Bob, thanks for the time, and uh, congratulations, first of all. Well, thanks, Bill. And uh, we didn't finish celebrating until about 2 in the morning, so (laughs) I may be a little uh, gravelly. Uh, for you, but uh, it it was a really uh, wonderful night for us. Uh, it started out a little funny because some of the early polls were not in strong polling areas for us, and people were oh oh you know in those twelve to fifteen votes in kind of numbers. But as as it grew, uh, we had momentum and we exceeded by almost two thousand more votes. Our vote count. Uh, last time. So. I, I can remember covering an election, and I'm trying to remember, I was still at CH at the time, so it's got to be back around the early 2000s. Uh, and and they were using the Canadian press numbers at the time, and uh, they had predicted, they said, we project Tony Valeri is going to lose this election. Yeah. And and I, I went to, to Dan McLean and Connie Smith, who were the two anchors, and I said, it's not over. I said, still more than half the polls, and I said, that's that's Hamilton East. Stony yeah. Creek has not been heard from. And, of course, you know, Tony went on and, and actually did win that election. Yeah, so yeah. You, you can't do that. I mean, uh, you've got to wait. And, uh, because as you found out, obviously, and many other people that have run for public office, there are pockets of support, and you have to find out, okay, what poll is coming in? Is that one? All right, that's that's going to be good for me. Uh, so it, it's a long process, but I guess at the end of the day, it, it, it does work. There's a lot of science to it, and we had internal polling that, are you kidding? Are we really that good? Well, we'll have to wait and see until election night, and I think our internal numbers were 10 to 12 points, and it came out about 10. So I guess the science was working in in our case. Bob, how does this impact, uh, this being a minority er, situation and a minority government now, uh, does it change the attitude and the way that, that, that your, your team is going to approach some of the key issues that came up during this campaign? Well, I hope so. Um, I always said that one of the difficulties we created for ourselves was having a large majority when we won in 2015. And I think some people internally in the party got kind of carried away with how really popular we were. I think if if we had, let's say, a two or three or five vote majority, then every last member of parliament would be really important to the big scheme of things. But the way it was, every now and then someone would take an opposing view internally with what we were doing, and they would just kind of get brushed off a little bit. So I, I really think that 
as we move forward with our, our group again under the leadership of the prime minister, we've got to take into account the, the, the information that people are bringing in from, from various regions and so on, because we don't have a big majority. We're hanging in there, but we need to work with people. And that's going to take a little bit of a different approach than, than what we had the last time. Well, I mentioned on my commentary at day 10 this morning uh, that uh, as, as winning is winning. I mean, you, you're going to form the government, even though it's minority yeah. government. But I said getting a minority is like you're getting a C- minus on your report card. It's a pass. Uh, but they're not really impressed with your effort. And so, you know, the, the onus is on you then to say, okay, I've got to win the hearts and minds of these people back again. Yeah, because, you know, the direction of the uh, of, of the election really took a wrong turn very early when it got to be personal. My biggest worry, and that's why I was so proud of our very large group of volunteers, was that people were disinterested. You heard a lot about that. Uh, they're all the same, you know, that kind of thing. So we had to get our people out. And so the first thing about that is thinking about us. And what that means is door-to-door, knocking on the door, Hi, you know, what do you think? Uh, these, a lot of these conversations were taken uh, by very young people, uh, people in, uh, in high school even. So, uh, but I think there was an energy there that encouraged people because the, the results speak for themselves. You know, a 5,000-vote increase over uh, the NDP so obviously it went from that disinterest to interested enough to get out and make sure you get out on voting day. And that to me was, I mean, how many doors can I knock on? You have to have a big uh, organization around you. And really this one belongs to uh, the, the whole group who, who did that for the reason stated. You, you just had to get people involved again because they weren't that interested at the beginning. Your campaign, especially in Hamilton East Stony Creek, it got personal uh, yeah. sometimes, some sometimes deeply so, oh, yeah. uh, and, and as as did many of the others, by the way, and some of the other writings as well. We'll talk with those folks, I guess, uh, as time goes on here. Yeah. How do you deal with that? I mean, is the temptation to get down in the mud with them? Uh, you know, oh yeah, well, so are you. Or, I mean, I remember Hillary Clinton's famous response with Trump. You know, when they go low and. Yeah. They you know, well, it didn't work out so well for Hillary, but how do you, how do you talk to your, your crew about that and, and, and try to keep people going and try to get the, well, basically keep them on message, I guess? Well, first of all, they, they knew exactly the, the real story, not the story that was being circulated uh, about what happened in, in Ottawa. And it wasn't really that much, except I was called a liar twice, and I ended the meeting. So uh, so they were quite aware in they asked me directly, what, tell me what happened. And I told them. But the uh, the fact is that the anger that was created actually helped us because we knew we were right and, and honest. And so did a heck of a lot of steelworkers because I, I spoke to so many guys, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating on this, Bob, Thank you for what you did. We know what you do. The, the plant's working. The pensions are being paid out, in, in some cases a little bit less on the benefit side. But nevertheless, a far cry from what could have been. So here we are. Um, now we're in a, in a position where everybody can just sit back, let the dust settle, and figure out how are we going to move the whole country ahead? How are we going to move Hamilton ahead? Are we going to work together? Are we going to keep this acrimony uh, among us, because uh, Bill, it, when when I faced, was confronted with this, for instance, in debate, 
And maybe you can appreciate my position when I was these insults basically are being hurled at me. I wasn't going to reply in kind. I just stood there, kind of like rope a dope. You know, take the shots, don't lose your composure, and then repeat to people what what, what my own position was when I got a chance to, because uh, there was a lot of rambling on. So, really, uh, you did this? No, I didn't. Yes, you did. That back and forth yammering. It was not being appreciated by the public in other debates. So I chose to just stand back, take the shots, and let people know, you know what, I've been here for like 50 years, 1966 when I started radio in Hamilton. I think people know who I am to a a great extent, just like you, Bill. I mean, we've been around so long. Nobody's going to accuse you of something you couldn't possibly have done because we know you too well. And, and and to your point, uh, I, I think you're right. I think one of the messages that I think the Canadian voters sent to all of the people in this election, I, the leaders and, and right on down through to the writing associations, is we're sick and tired of the vitriolic attitude that everybody oh. has here. That nothing in the matter of being competitive. I mean, you know, I was talking with Charles Adler just before you joined us, and, and, yeah. and Chuck was yeah. reminded, his first time he ever voted when he was living here in Hamilton was for Lincoln Alexander. Great politician, great human being, great, but fiercely competitive. I mean, let's let's not... You know, I don't want to make everybody think that, well, okay, this, uh, you don't have to, you know, form a circle and sing kumbaya, but yeah. you don't have to make it personal all the time. And it's it's no wonder not a whole lot gets done in politics these days, because that seems to be the attitude that too many people in public life are taking now. Well, it is. And uh, I think there are the people behind the scenes, somebody told Andrew Shear how to open up, or they came to an agreement in their little inner circle of how they would start that English language debate. And it came out with you, sir, are a phony and a fraud. What does that tell young people watching who want to get interested in politics, how you disrespect the prime minister of Canada? You know, it, that probably cost him a lot. Just that in itself, uh, that opening statement that, that Shear made in the English language debate. I, I quote Shakespeare, do, but I Churchill an often a lot of the time, one of the great politicians of the 20th century. And and if you read any of the, the books, of, of books and of, books of quotes of, of Winston Churchill, uh, there's some various Serbic things that he says about some of his opponents. Uh, and uh, but it's done in a, in a in a classy way. It's done with language. It's not done with gutter talk. And we seem to have devolved now into this situation where, like I say, I think you're right. I think it turns people off, and they just don't want to get involved in the process. Well, the first person I ever interviewed was John Diefenbaker, and that was 1965 in Stratford. Remember, in the mid '60s, those elections were Pearson Diefenbaker, yeah. and then later, and then Pierre Trudeau. And so Diefenbaker didn't say Pierre Elliott Trudeau is a liar and a phony. He said, is it true or Trudeau? Which was funny, witty, got the point made without this acrimonious uh, full frontal attack, which is what we've evolved to. And you know why, where that's coming from? That's coming from the states. And some of the advisors to, uh, I think, the conservative party are out of that uh, uh, that uh, American group. Bob, once uh, the House resumes, uh, and I guess we're not quite sure when that's going to happen, but sooner than later, yeah. uh, you sat on the Steel Committee, you've sat on a number of other committees yeah. right now. Minority Parliament uh, means yeah. that uh, the, the Liberals aren't going to control all of those committees. There are going to be some opposition members on that. 
uh, those committees now. Yeah. Uh, is, is, is Are you confident that you can move the, uh, an agenda ahead working with the other parties? And uh, as I was just saying with Charles, uh, as, as the governing party, uh, you're not beholden to any one of the other parties. I mean, there are some issues that you're probably going to get support from the NDP on. There are some other issues that you might even get some support from the conservatives on. Uh, it's going to take some stick handling and, and uh, some pretty adept politicking to get this thing through. I agree. Uh, the one thing that people may, uh, I'm thinking about, and maybe I'd, I'd be interested in your point of view on this, other than separation, isn't the block kind of wide open to be participate in a, in a lot of uh, new legislation that would be benefit you know benefit Quebecers and, and the rest of Canada. I know we know what their main agenda is, but uh, other than that, maybe there's a good opportunity because I thought Blanchette sounded like an intelligent man. He, you know, he did well in the in the debates and so on. He did, yeah. The, I'm wondering whether or not that some of uh, the cooperation will come from that side. Well, and, and it's interesting, even with his speech last night, which, by the way, seemed to go on and on and on and on. Uh, but uh, when he got to the issue about pipelines, uh, I'm getting the sense, and watching him in the debates and, of course, what he said last night, I don't get the sense that he's necessarily opposed to pipelines. He just doesn't want one through Quebec. Yeah. Uh, if you want to build the Trans Mountain, knock yourself out. Go ahead. You know, that's fine. It's not going to have an impact on us, but it might have a positive impact on the economy. As a matter of fact, we know it would. So I, I don't necessarily think you're going to get any opposition from him on that. The NDP, of course, are, are just going to be philosophically opposed to that, and that's just the way they are. You have to learn to deal with that. But yeah, I, when when the yeah, block, remember, Bob, back in the day, when the block were the actual loyal opposition in Parliament for one term, uh, they were very conciliatory on an awful lot of issues. They, they stand up for Quebec issues, and they always look at it through that filter, what's this going to do to Quebec? But it's not as if they just voted against everything just to be contrary. I mean, and this guy sounds like a pretty intelligent man. So, you know, you got to reach out. you got to try to see if he can find some sort of middle ground here. Well, that's the, the you know, the mystery of the next few weeks and, and months is how that's going to play out. But I have, uh, I wouldn't say friends, but good acquaintances uh, on the block side. You know, we all have, as you know, friends uh, of every stripe, and they're fine. But they were just totally into, you know, the Quebec thing. But a lot of what's good for Quebec is good for the rest of Canada, too. So uh, and the pipeline thing, they know about transfers and and who's you, you have to have the revenues uh, for the all of the province to succeed and, and receive money as Quebec has in the past. You know, that was the, the shout from Alberta. You know, what about all the money you got from our oil? So uh, I think that. I agree. They've got their refineries in Quebec. That oil is coming in from somewhere else. But we can still make a deal on the other side of the country. And uh, that'll be good for Canada and also good for the environment. Because the other thing you have to remember is that they uh, everybody's driving their cars to get to debates and stuff like that. It, we're a long way away from... Um, from no GHG emissions in, in the way we move around, heat our houses, energize ourselves. So we, you, you're going to be sensible and govern properly. You, you, you can't just say, you know, we're turning the switch off next week. It's done. It, it doesn't work like that. 
Well, and as somebody said, it gets pretty darn cold up here in the winter, too, and part of that's going to be home heating fuel. I, and we are moving toward that. And I know Blanchet talked about that. I said Mr. Trudeau and Mr. Uh, uh, Singh have talked about this as well, that we are moving towards this. And there are incentives yeah. now with the automobile makers uh, to move more towards uh, electric cars and, and batteries. And General Motors just made a couple of big announcements about that this week. So we're yeah. there, but we're not there yet. And, and, and I think that's the realization that people have to have. Uh, i got about a minute or so left, and you brought yeah. something up about Alberta, and I'm just going to ask you because I'm going to ask uh, the other candidates that we talked yeah. to over the next couple of days as well. Uh, from Winnipeg all the way over to the B.C. border, blue, nothing but blue. Uh, some of the comments made by Jason Kenney and others uh, suggest that, uh, that you know, that Alberta is ready to move out and just say, that's it, we're out of here right now. Are you worried about an east-west divide, in, uh, in, not just in the parliament, but I'm talking about in the country? Yeah, uh, not worried to the extent that uh, what's going to happen next week or in a month in in, in Parliament. But these, this, there's got to be some mending. You know, my son works in British Columbia, and yeah. I, I get a lot of information about, about how people feel about politics and things like that. And it's different. In fact, my neighbor in my office building is uh, the, the member of Parliament, the conservative from Dawson Creek, and we're very good friends, and we see each other all the time. And there is a difference. There is no question that people view issues differently in that part of uh, our country. It's a big country. And I think that this is something that our liberal group and the prime minister himself, Justin Trudeau, is going to really have to take seriously and and see where are those areas that we can uh, grow on and to keep away from the separate kind of issues that create so much anger because there's no reason uh, there's no reason for us to to hate albertans and vice versa and you've traveled to all parts of the country sure they're all canadians like the, you know tim hortons is tim hortons and all it's almost like uh, you know the people who work there are the same kind of people that work here what what's why are they so different politically politicians have got to solve that problem bill well, and, and there's a lot of uh, rhetoric and bombast that goes on with this, too, which only really fans the flames of that. Anyway, lots more to talk about and lots more time to do it. Uh, re-elected uh, to uh, Hamilton East Stony Creek, Bob Bertino. Bob, thanks as always. We'll talk again soon. Thanks so much, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.